Well, well, well. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to Cannon Snakes and Olympico. Well, um, I'm not even going to do the show introduction tonight. I mean, I'm sure everybody here is a football fan, probably most of you are Serie A fans. So, Elliot, why don't you tell us on the breaking development that happened today? All right. Just so everybody knows, there's there was a meeting that took place. I don't remember the exact date, either today or yesterday. Um, this was with all the representatives from all the clubs. They were basically voting on whether or not they uh, – what, what, basically what's going on with the league due to the coronavirus. Um, it has uh, – basically they were voting if they're going to stop the league, whether they would continue or how they would handle this. Um, so from the representatives from each club and all the people involved, it has been a unanimous decision that they will continue the league. Um, based on the information that, I, that I've been giving um, – the, the league is, is needs to it needs to be approved by the um, by the representatives in Italy so it's not a done deal yet um, but we're looking at possibly late May uh, start up um, and it looks like Syria will return uh, becoming the second team a second league uh, to come back uh, after the virus um, it will be done with no fans but assumingly everything goes well we, we, sh we should have Syria back this season and a champion will be lifted by someone. All right, Danielle, you heard the news. How excited are you? I'm super excited to be honest with you. At least it's finally a distraction from everything that's going on in the world because without it, literally I'm like going insane without football. It's like, even if it was American sports, I am American sports fans are dying without it too. So it's like, Oh man. When I heard this news, I was at work, so I'm like, "Ah, yeah, let's bring back the football." <laughs> so there are a lot of topics tonight to discuss, obviously. And ladies and gentlemen, just to let you know, we did this completely off the whim. This is just going to be us having a conversation about Syria. I'm going to lead and ask most of the questions. Um, you are going to get a lot of raw and genuine reactions because there are going to be some tough questions in here because Elliot and Danielle's clubs are in boiled in chases, especially Elliot's club, uh, Roma, who's trying to get into the top four and secure a Champions League place. But before we get into Elliot, I'm going to start with you, Danielle. Do you think it's reasonable to say that Inter are done this season? I would have to say yes, because, I mean, the, as we've seen in recent seasons, Inter – once they make a couple mistakes, they let them mess with them. And then if they're even if they're in a title spot, just those few draws or losses, they start to slip. And do I think it would be difficult for them to catch up? Yes. So to be honest, I think they're done. All right. And do you think that extending the season impacts their title chances for next year? in any way possible. And I'm going to let you and Elliot ask, answer this because I know Elliot has an opinion on his winner next year. So I'll start with you, Danielle. With the season being extended, probably till late June, early July, if we're all being reasonable and all the reports are true, do you think that this has an impact on Inter? So I guess what I'm asking is, do you think they should slow down and not necessarily worry about Champions League place because it's almost all but wrapped up? Or do you think they should keep putting their best foot forward and trying to make up as much ground as possible? Well, I would say try to at least finish at least top three, at least secure a spot of the Champions League because that's the only thing they could do at this point is securing one of those spots. So, but when it comes to, into the second part of your question, does it affect possibly next year? Yes, because these – in I'm talking the teams in general, they're going to not have as much resting time between the end of the season and then the start of the next season. So yeah, I think it might affect them a little bit because enter, if they get fatigued real quickly, it pretty much spells disaster for the rest of the season. I got you. All right, Elliot, would you mind answering that question? I'll, I'll say it again. Does this affect Inter's title chances for next year 
And also, do you think they should be going 110% to try to catch up in the title race? Or do you think they should put their foot off the gas in order to rest their key players for the title run? Okay. The season's done for Inter. I don't see a way that they they get back in the title race. I know it's not that many points. Inter's at, you know, 54 points. Lazio's at 62. It just doesn't seem, even with the the, the league returning, that they can plausibly come back and get it. And I think – there's a reasonable chance that Atlanta can come up and to take them, take the third position, which at this point, I don't think really matters because it seems like it's now a two team race for the title between Lazio and Juventus. I think enter Atlanta and everybody else is out, but I think it's possible they slip down to four, but going to, into next season, I don't think it makes a difference because based on sort of the conversations that we've had, it doesn't seem like Inter was going to go for the title. After losing to Juventus, that was basically the end of their chance at winning the title this season. As far as Inter next season, I think they, they should still try to finish third just because it will, it will mess up their confidence if they slip to fourth again. Um, I mean, la- we saw last year that literally almost miss out on Champions League, almost slipping to fifth after kind of being in control of their spot oh, in the, uh, my third me. place last year um and if it wasn't for a player that they said no thank you to anymore um they would have been playing in the europa league and milan would have been champions league but i'm I'm not trying to bring up old stuff but i'm saying well my my point is that um if if they get in the champions league it doesn't matter i I don't feel like it matters what place so if they get i think they should try to get third because it's important to to give some confidence you don't want to have another sort of rocky finish like we did last season but if, if they get third, I think that should, they should focus that. But if they drop to fourth, I don't think they should panic because Antonio Conte does not have his team. And we've seen this before. Once he gets his team, it's good night. It, it seems that way a lot, a lot of the times that if he gets the players he wants to get, he loses the players. He gets the money to spend, and he has the players that he wants to get in, and, he, and they, they come, it's going to be dangerous by any metric to stop them next season. Very good. Um, so relegation, who's going down for you, Elliot? Um, gosh. So Bracia's down, uh, Spall's down. I, I really don't, I'm looking at the table now. Uh, Spall's at 18 points, Bracia's at 16 points. I don't really see a way for them to come out of it. Um, out of those two teams, based on their current form, which is a long time ago, there's one win between all of the both of them over the last five, six games. Um, and then, so out of that, it's, it's difficult because you got, you got Genoa at 25 points, Sampdoria at 26, Torino at 27, Lecce at 25. Um, I, I know it's, it's tough. Um, I would say, gosh. I would say Sampdoria or Genoa. I would say probably Genoa because I don't know. It's it's really tough. The third the thing is with, with this, two of them are clearly going down. After that, it's tough. And Lecce's in 18th right now, and they but they picked up victories against big teams, and they've won three of their last six games. And I know the the effect of not playing for a while might affect them, but I just don't see a way they're going to go down. Um, so if you're asking me today, I would say Genoa only because, um, Sampdoria has Claudio Ranieri as his manager and he won't let that happen in his watch. So I would say that, uh, Brescia will finish bottom, Spall will be in 19th and, um, Genoa will be in 18th. And I think Lecce and Sampdoria found a way to survive. Gotcha. So when Syria comes back at the end of May, beginning of June, um, um, start with you, Danielle, first, and this can be as long as an answer you guys need. You would you still form out the window? Does it not matter? Is it like starting a completely new season? Like if they when they restart, is it like starting a whole new season? Correct. I kind of look at it has like the kind of like a reset button because they've had months off. So you kind of got to like go into the the rest of the season 
with like fr a fresh set of eyes or if that's a way to phrase it because it's basically doing a reset button on everything because they have to start from scratch you have to retrain get back into training get back into a, a rhythm just like you would if you were starting the league in august it's so yeah in my honest opinion yeah it would be a restart to the season and hopefully we get many matches out of it because a girl needs something to write. <laughs> Elliot, what do you think? I think we got to pick up where we left off. And uh, I get the other point of view, but so much has gone on this season. If you really break it down and try to think about what actually occurred. Um, and I'm not trying to say fair or unfair. Um, Leche, sorry, not Leche, uh, Brescia and Spall would have a breath of fresh air and have an opportunity not to go down. And they deserve to be where they are. They're not a good team. Neither one of those two teams deserve to, you know, a, a lifeline, um, to, to be frank. Um, and I, I don't know what else to say about that other than those two teams are going they – sh they shouldn't be given the luxury of an opportunity to play another 38-game season because they're in their spots, in their situations, because that's where they deserve to be. And as far as the top of the league, um, with Lazio and Juventus, Lazio haven't been in a title race in a long time. There might be – and I, know they're, I think they're going to be good next year, but this might be a, their one chance to beat Juventus for the title. Um, I think of all the teams in the league, Juventus will be fine with that the most just because I feel like they'll have the confidence that they'll be able to, to rebound it and go for the title again. But I think just chopping off the season, I don't think it's the way to go just because, because of the top and the bottom mostly. Um, and then again, it will give Napoli an opportunity for a fresh um, slate, and I don't think they deserve it either. Their people, the teams are in the positions because they deserve to be in those positions. I don't want to hear about VAR. I don't want to hear about the virus. If, if we're if we're going to do this, we got to do it right. Finish the last 12 games of the season. Let the teams regroup. Let the teams go into the summer. Um, buy, buy the players they need. Start again in September, and, and off we go. All right. Who wins the league? This year or next year? This year. You want to go first? You yeah. can go first. I got to think about this for a second. Oh, gosh. Um, I'm, I'm not – Lazio – okay, I'll say this. Lazio have a great chance to win it. Um, they haven't lost in 19. They have the best goalkeeper in the league. I'm not arguing that with anybody. Um, decent back line. You know, the highest scoring player in the league – I, I, you know, you can talk about the penalties all you want. He's still putting the ball in the back of that constantly. One of the best passers in the league in Lu, uh, Luis Alberto. And just decent, not a great coach, a good coach. Um, but that's, that's my issue with them, with me picking them. Um, next season, if they get an upgrade at, at certain positions, I think they could, they could very well do that. But based on what we know is this is going to affect them the most. Lazio haven't been a title race in a long time. And once they started getting hot, the, the league had to be shut down, at least suspended until now. Um, so I think that um, given everything, this is going to take them out of their momentum, and it's going to be really difficult to do that. Um, and again, Juventus may not – they've not been great this year, but they have the best player in the league this season. Paulo Dybala has been the best player. Don't, I don't care about the stats. I care about what he's doing in the big games. And in the big games, he comes through every time. And this is why this is important. Pablo Dybala is the key to the entire thing. Obviously, Juventus have the winning intangibles to do this, but the, the, everything's going to come down to Pablo Dybala. And the reason this is important is the last game of the season is Lazio at Juventus. Uh, I think, yeah, I think that's right. Um, so with that being said, it's going to come down to one game. And Dybala thrives on big games. Kira Mobley... Best, one of the best players in the league this season, doesn't always come through in those games. He, he has in the recent memory, but I haven't seen enough data to suggest that he's going to be able to outdo Dybala at home at Juventus with a league title on the line. So I think, the, I think Juventus will win the league, 
and it will be cut. It will be because of Paulo Dybala's ability to carry a team that he's been carrying all season. And even though player for player, Lazio do have the better team. If it comes down to one game on a Sunday afternoon or evening in Turin, it's just going to be hard for me to to pick against Paulo Dybala doing what's required. That doesn't mean he's scoring or assisting, but he will do what's necessary to beat them. And I know Lazio's beat them twice, once in the um, Supercopa and once in the league. But on that stage, I just trust Dybala a little bit more than Immobile. And that is what the title comes down to for me. Fair enough. Danielle, what do you think? I normally don't agree with Dahlia, but this is one of the few times that I actually agree. Because, I mean, Dybala, if given a big match, especially if it's one that could involve a title-clinching game, hands down, he'll he's going to show up no matter if he's helping just assisting or even scoring goals, he's always there. So pretty much as Elliot just said, it's going to come down to Paulo Dybala because Dybala, I mean, has been on fire this season. Spoiler alert. He's my MVP this season. Mine as well. One more thing before you move on, Ryan, I want to add some context to what I'm saying just real quick. In Dybala has scored against AC Milan, Lazio twice, Inter twice, and by himself, he's. I'm just trying to give people some context for this. He's scoring in every big game actually possible. Um, I think the only game hit, only big game he had not scored in is, uh, I think it was either against Napoli or Atlanta, but he's basically he scored against Atlanta actually. So he's he's scoring in every big game that there is. So that's just. What me and Danielle are trying to say is we trust him a little bit more uh, than Kiro Mobley. As much as we both think he's a fantastic player, on the bigger stage, we just trust the Argentine over the Italian. Wow. Um, just to put some perspective in here on this, um, for Elliot's mental health, I hope Juventus win the league. <laughs> I'm sure he appreciates, he appreciates that. You, you, know, you know the funny thing about that is? I was um, – we, me and Roma English talk about this all the time. When Roma, if Roma win the league and when they do, the entire city is going to come together and celebrate. If Lazio win the league, there'll be those two guys who love Lazio and the whole teams. It would be the most egregious, pathetic championship parade ever. So even if they do win the league, we're gonna, where are they going to celebrate? Because Lazio fans don't actually live in Rome. I was there this summer. I saw one Lazio fan the entire time, and I was there for two weeks. So, But, again, I also hope they don't win the league. But if they do, they're not going to have very many people to celebrate with. Yeah. <laughs> well, I know the pain you're going to. I remember 2016 when Spurs could have won the league, but Leicester beat them out. So, hopefully, for your sake, it happens. But um, yeah. that being said, I'm going to talk about your guys' clubs and your finishing position. So, Roma, I've had uh, – what, what would you say there? I, I know you gave it an eight, but – which, so I'd assume you say it's a good year, all things considered. What do you think would yeah. make it a successful finish for the last 12 games? Like, what Champions do you want to see? I would like Champions League, but I'm sort of at this point now where I don't think we're going to get it. Because Atlanta have are they have three points ahead of us, um, and they've played uh, less games. So for us to get it, Atlanta has to lose their game in hand and lose an additional game. And we basically basically have to just win the rest of the season. Um, I don't think that happens, but I'll say this. Um, I'd like Roma to be within striking distance until the end of the season. I don't want to have to be climbing uh, back from like an improbable place. Um, the thing about this Roma team is – Sort of like what, what Daniel's going through with Antonio Conte. I mean, it's, it's a different situation, but it's kind of similar. As Antonio Conte's first season, he doesn't have the players he wants. And that, that's, you know, that's why it's sort of going that way. But for us, even though I'm not saying Fonseca is a better manager than Antonio Conte, although there's, there are certain things that, could, that he does better than Conte, in my opinion, even though I think that Conte is a much better manager, with all things considered. But Fonseca's not had – it's his first season in Italian football. In the, in, in the derbies, he hasn't lost 
two draws. Probably should have won. I mean, they probably should have split. Lazio should have won the first one. We should have won the second one. Um, so beyond that, the team is progressing. The young talent is seems to be committed to the project. And I know that's difficult to sort of – I can't confirm that they want to be here forever or anything like that. But all the young talent is progressing and the team is progressing. And we probably should have done better than we have. But we're it's, – it's, it's, for me, it's not about points between this year and last year. It's about the way they're playing and the games they're in, they're in. Now, Inter Milan um, and Roma played, I don't know, a few months ago, red hot Inter Milan who hadn't lost in a long time. And they couldn't score against Roma who had very little of the ball. And Lukaku in particular had a really horrible game and Chris, Chris Smalling was sensational. Um, so games like that where they're being able to sort of make that impact, I think is important. Obviously, I want the Champions League, but if, if we could play, finish strong the rest of the season, I think I could live with that, and then we go for it next year. Because I think we'll be more equipped to go for the Champions League next year than this year, just because uh, Fonseca doesn't have all his players he wants. Um, but he, he has a good portion of what he wants, but he doesn't have the whole thing. Once he gets the whole thing, and once we have health, because uh, Diawara has been the, one of the best defensive midfielders in the entire league this season when he's healthy. The problem is he's only played 12 league games this season because he's had two separate injuries. And then beyond that, Nicola Zaniolo was the best youngster in the league this season until he got injured. He was on fire. Um, and then, you know, stuff like that. So it's injuries. It's sort of more consistent play that we'll need to see. But if we, if we take leaps and bounds in progression, not on points or um, anything like that, but just on display – and we feel like if there's like a confident way about Roma going to next season, I think that will be a positive sort of way to look at it. All right. Danielle, how would you like to see Inter finish? I want at least top three. I mean, come on. Fourth place again would just be like crushing because it's like we finished fourth in back-to-back seasons and we're just sick and tired of just saying, oh, whoop you do We're in fourth place again. So I want to at least see some improvement. It'll be tough, but I think Inter can get the job done. Um, of course, as Elliot stated, we're kind of in the same boat with managers not having their pl- like team built yet. But I think we do have enough to get at least top three. Uh, you got one of the best defenders in the league in Milan Skriniar. You got... Larturo Martinez, who is pretty much the only person in the forward position who has actually scored in big matches where Lukaku has kind of like takes like um, a back seat. The midfield has slowly stepped up this season, which is amazing, especially um, Candriva, who was struggling in the past few seasons, but has really stepped up this season. So I think realistically we could finish top three. It'll be tough with Atalanta biting at our heels, but we'll see what happens. But if if Atlanta w- it wins the game in hand, you'll be only three points right from them. I just want to I just want to give you the whole picture. Now, but to be completely clear, right. is there really? I don't want to say it. This is a question for both of you, and your opinion because. And people are going to call me all oh, fourth place trophy hunters and Arsenal fan. Is there really a difference, in my opinion, between third and fourth place? Because you're not in title contention and you're going to make the Champions League either way. So is it more like a mental thing to finish third? Or do you think like players actually really care and think it's like a prestigious thing to finish third instead of fourth when really three and four do the exact same thing? Well, I'll start off on this one. For uh, for me personally, as an Inter supporter, it would be men. It, it, finishing third, to be honest, would be at least good for our Inter's mentality, knowing that they were able to finish a step past fourth. So it would give them at least something, knowing that they improved from the past few seasons. So I think for me personally, it would be more for the mentality reasons. Because, to be honest, 
Inter fans have probably been wanting us to improve at least in a position, at least. So I think it's more mentality for me. And these are the hard questions that I was talking about I'm going to ask. And this one, I'm going to send this to you, Danielle. And Ellie can answer this too. But don't you think it hurts their mental a little bit that a team like Lazio, I think that I looked it up today, finished eighth next year, was miles, miles behind entered this year, has all of a sudden skyrocketed to second place and is in a title chase. Do you think that hurts like Inter and the fan psyche just a little bit? Oh, it definitely does because seeing a team that was in eighth skyrocket up to second, that's a major jump. And knowing that we could have stayed in second, but let those um, draws and losses get to us again, it's just frustrating. Gotcha. So, Elliot, I, I, I want Elliot to go ahead too, but I'd also like Elliot to ask you this question. Like, what happened? And I, I like, how does – First of all, like, do you agree with Danielle and Inter, but how does a team go from eighth to second so rapidly? And I know I've seen it with Leicester City, but that's just a miracle story altogether. But how does a team in Italian football, which I'll admit has closer races than the Premier League, but how does a team go from that far off of title contention to be one point out with 12 games left? Well, you said it. The, the league's tighter. I mean – Juventus have won the league six years in a row or whatever, but it's always tight. Um, with some of the other um, examples you've uh, laid out, I think, uh, Bayern, if you look at some of their stuff, it's the league itself beyond, beyond Bayern hasn't been that close. With Italy, it always is. So for, for me personally, I'm not that surprised that they – they, they, I'm surprised they jumped to second. But it, had they jumped to fifth or fourth or something – I would not. I would not have been that surprised just because, I think you know they were an eighth, but it was a it was a little unfair that they finished there, um, and I don't mean to defend Lazio at all, um, because I wish they would have stayed in eighth place. But my, the point is, they have a good team. That last season, th- there's not been a big difference in terms of the team itself. Um, I I, just, I can't even recollect who they signed this summer. So I, I don't think they added that much, at least from my point of view. Um, but they ha- they still have the same players. They just improved. Um, they had there was a couple of situations last year where some of their better players couldn't perform, and they're getting they're getting some favorable uh, stuff going their way as well. Um, they've scored I think three or four goals in the 90th minute or after, and they've broken the the league record for penalties in the season with 12 games to go. So they're getting these opportunities more frequently. And don't misconstrue um, what I'm saying. I think Lazio deserved to be in second. And I'm not saying that they were somehow lucked into this or anything like that, but I think there's a lot of quality in that team. And this year it kind of clicked more precisely because the year before that, um, they nearly made the Champions League. And Kiro Mobley was probably the best player in the league that season. Probably. I mean, I would have to go back and look at the archives, but um, Kiro Mobley has been scoring like a crazy person this, this year. And this is the important part. Had they stuck around in Europe longer, they would not be in second place because it's too much to keep their minds on. So Lazio getting booted from the Europa League actually benefited them in some way because they went for it on all fronts once they uh, – once they were out of Europe and they had the one competition that were that they were in, that was sort of their breaking point of trying to get to that level. And I mean, they have, they have good players from from, from front to back. Um, so I'm not super surprised that they made the jump. There are other jumps that I've seen between last year and this year that that are more actually more outlandish than this one. But based on the team that they had, I'm not all that surprised. I'm surprised they got up to second. I thought they would finish. I think I picked them to finish fifth or fourth um, because last year them finishing eighth, I think it was a little unfair based on the way they played. They just, they hit a wrong turn at the end. They had a games down the stretch that they lost that they shouldn't have, even though they had not, they played better. They, they just couldn't get the points that they needed. So I think 
eighth is, is, is it was harsh for them to finish their last year. So I think the transition from eighth to second isn't that massive because it was the gap between Champions League and not Champions League last year was, was not that big. So I'm not surprised, but um, getting second, gotcha. I'm surprised by that. So, and obviously, because you said they have quality, you think, and you said this before, you obviously think they can keep this up. But going into next year, is there a team that you see right now unbiasedly that you think could be the surprise title contender? Um, Atlanta, because I'm done betting against them. Because anytime anybody bets against them, they hit you in the mouth. The Liverpool has been the team that everyone's enjoyed to watch this season. It's, been, they've been great. But Atlanta is Italian Liverpool based on the way they play. They, the thing is, uh, this is, if they get defense, like serious defense, I think they might be on par with, with Lazio and Juventus for the, and Inter for the title next season because that's their only issue. And even with not the best defense, they still don't care. They'll be down 2 nothing and still win. You know what I mean? There's, there's no fear. They, they, they're aggressive. They go at it. They substitute players on with three goal leads that are attackers. And I think that that team, and sure, it's possible that they might lose someone. I think Duvan Zabata's loan expires this year. So if he goes, you might have a problem. But outside of that, I think they have top to bottom, best coach in the league, in my opinion. Um, when healthy, Dubon Zabat is the best striker in the league, arguably the best player in the league. Got a great number two striker, uh, Joseph Ilicic, who's been their top scorer this season. Papu Gomez in the midfield. Uh, players that don't get re- recognition, um, Hans Hedebor, uh, Deroon. I mean, they have quality all over the place, and they have the best coach in the league. So if they, if they keep Zabatin at a piece, they could win the league. I don't think they will because it seems that might be just stretching it a little bit. But there's no question. I think they'll be in, in some sort of t- a race in Europe. And if they get hot at the right time and play well, it's, I mean, a title is not impossible for them. I think they got a chance. If, if we're just going off what the, their chances, I don't know. But I think they, got a, they, got, they would have a decent chance to at least be in a, a league race. And uh, if you get hot at the right time, if you have that consistency that they've lacked They're this year, they're still the champions league too, right? possible they would do this. Yeah, no, they were in the quarterfinals. They, they played Valencia, and they beat them, I think, 5-3 on aggregate. And Illicic scored four goals in the, the second leg of that, that game. Um, which hadn't, has only been done but a handful of times. So um, just this foreclosure for everyone. The names Duvan Zabata and Jusef Ulicic are people you need to know because the, as long as Papu Gomez, those three players are so good that the rest of the world just doesn't understand. And that's, that's sort of my fear with this. When they start to understand how good they are, there are, there are bigger teams. You think these players would be like Barcelona um, or Madrid so, quality players? Oh, I'm going to get heat for this, but Duvan Zabata and Papu Gomez are both that level. Um, Papu Gomez will never leave. He's the captain. He's the whole he's, – he's the, the, he runs the midfield, and he plays underneath the striker. He's just done so much for that club. It just – I just can never see him leaving that club. Um, Duvan Zabata can play at any team. I don't know if he could start for Barcelona or Real Madrid, but a player like him – they would, they would take him, and I think he's good enough to play for those teams. And there are other players in, within that team um, in the midfield that w- would also maybe not quite that level, but maybe like a Dortmund level. I think – let me put it this way. Every player wow. on this team is a Dortmund level player, not counting the defense. I think from midfield to striker, every player on that team is, is that level player. Maybe not – I'm not saying they all could play for Dortmund, but I'm saying that level of club because – and I'm not saying they would necessarily start for these clubs, but that's how good they are. And th- that's the sad thing about this entire team is just not getting the recognition it probably deserves. And there are, there are, there are other fans of other leagues who don't really truly don't understand how good this team is. I think this team would, would compete in practically every league. 
I don't care if it's Premier League. I don't care if it's La Liga, the Bundesliga. You put Atlanta in any league, they're finishing in the top five. Wow. That's, that's how okay, good they are. So I'll ask you both this right now. Why do you think Serie A is so disrespected among, I don't want to say, let's say like football purists? Because like me, for example, I'll throw on a game or two every now and then, but I don't know. I just don't get into it as much. Why do you think that is? And I'll start with Danielle, actually. Why do you think Serie A racks the respect of the Premier League and La Liga and even the Bundesliga in some sense? To be honest, I actually have no answer for this one, but I have noticed that myself. Um, a lot of people more gravitate towards, unless you live in Italy, obviously, but most people, if you're around the globe, you gravitate towards La Liga. Um France EPL because I have a lot of friends who are inter supporters who live in like places like Africa and stuff. They tell me that they see a lot of like English Premier League um, people wearing their EPL tops or their La Liga tops, whether they're supporting Real Madrid, Barcelona, Atletico, whatever the team they support may be. But it's like it's very rare for them to see people who also support like Syria clubs. I don't know why that is, but it's just something I've noticed and have been questioning myself. And like the other thing, too, is like before I go to you, it's not even like an English language barrier thing because you see I'm sure you see around all the time in Minnesota, like I do in St. Louis. I'm sure Danielle's Chicago. You'll see an Arsenal kit, a Barcelona kit, a Bayern Munich kit, like all these leagues that don't even English isn't even the first language. So why do you think so? I've, I've been waiting for this question because I've been thinking about sort of what you're asking a long time. And there's, there's, there's two sections of this. All right. This, this is just plain fact before 2006, Syria was the best league in the world. Um, at least a good portion of the time before that. Um, they had the best players. They had the best managers. They had the best teams. There was a lot of the time it was at Juventus, AC Milan, Inter. Somebody was at least in a, a Champions League semifinal. They were beating teams like Barcelona and Real Madrid. This, this was the best league in the world until 2006 um, during the scandal. The scandal ruined uh, the reputation of Italian football. Um, so first I'm going I'm to say why it's this way, and then I'm going to explain why it doesn't get the respect in the current times. So for those of you who don't know, Juventus, um, Lazio – Florentina, Regina, um, AC, uh, uh, AC Milan, and a few others were involved in this massive cheating scandal where they uh, were taking favorable, favorable referees um, in certain games and electronically swaying results. It was a lot of match fixing and stuff, which annihilated the reputation. And I think part of that is the execution of the, of the fees. Two Juventus officials actually had to spend time in prison because of this. Um, and, uh, they had, they were relegated for the league below with, it was supposed to be negative 30 points, but they got it down to six. AC Milan was relegated. Um, Lazio had a negative, I think 10 point thing, uh, in the league and others. So there was this huge scandal. Um, this happened around the time they'd won the world cup, Italy against, uh, France, um, so there was all this stuff going on, and they, a lot of these games had to be played behind closed doors, and the match-fixing thing just really bothered people. And uh, because of that, it lost some of its glory a little bit. Um, and then we went through an interesting period. There was a four- to five-year period where the leagues lost some of its quality because players started not wanting to come to Italy for those reasons, uh, for the reputation, for some of the racism that's been um, – that's been going on uh, at least occasionally in Italy. Um, we'll talk about that another time in more detail. But generally, all that stuff combined, it, there was there just came a point where it just wasn't. It lost its mystique. Um, Syria went from the best league in the world to the fourth best league in the world. I don't care who you are. That Syria never has been worse than the French league. Syria has always been in the top four. Most of the, in the history of Syria. They've been number one, I would say, at least 60% of the time. When the Premier League got the money, 
Then it started to change, and it came around the same time that the scandal happened in Italy, which basically they lost some respect by sort of the mainstream fan, and, you know, they just stopped watching it. Now, fast forward to now. Um, the reason people don't like it is because it's, and it's hard for me to understand why someone wouldn't. Um, you have to – Serie A is a very tactical league. Tactics matter in Italy more than any other league by far. They, the managers in this league have strategies after strategies after strategies. And sometimes that, that style of football isn't something that a lot of people like to watch or, on top of that, understand. I think there's a certain intelligence to enjoying Italian football. And I'm not saying the people who don't watch it aren't intelligent, but there's a certain level of brilliance to it that you have to sort of understand when you watch these games. Um, but now that we're, but, but eventually, eventually this, this passed and they started getting the players again. We had Lukaku, we had Pogba, we had Dybala, we have all these different players. And we see Italy take these players away from bad situations and they become great players. And I think the strength of the league is misrepresented because people think because Federico Fazio was not good in Spurs and was great with Roma, that means Italy's league isn't good. When Chris Smalling went from not you know a a rotation player in Manchester to one of the best in the league in Italy, people think it's because you know the league isn't strong. It's not because the league isn't strong. It is because <clears throat> excuse me. It's it's because the system of Serie A and the way the game is played, it, it gives you a better chance of success. But if you're not a good player, you're not a good player. So Chris Smalling and Federico Fazio are good players. They just were not given the opportunities that was afforded to them. And Italy gave them the chance. The training is better. Um, the coaching is better. The, the, the development is better in Italy than any other league in the world. And I think we're slowly coming back. I don't know if this is a, an overwhelming belief, but I would say more than half the people in the world, pe people think that Syria is the second best league in the world. I think there's some people who think La Liga and, and the Bundesliga is still better, but I, st I still think um, Syria is sort of at that, not quite Premier League level. And the reason Premier League is more popular is because of the, um, you know, the excitement, the athleticism and all this other stuff. But equally, there's the, Syria has been the highest scoring league of the last two years. This idea that it's a defensive league is just not true. Their games, uh, the game, the last Roma game was four three. There were like four, there were like three different league changes throughout that. There have been several games where there was at least six goals scored in Serie A this season and last season. There's been some five four games. There's been some six three games. There's been games that are nonstop excitement. And I think the problem is people aren't going to give Serie A a chance because they are they listen to what the misconception has been. Um, about the league. I know I've been going on a long time, but that's basically the core of, um, of the misconception and why it's not as popular as some of these other leagues, even though I think it's still probably... I, I by mean... Go ahead, Daniel. Um, expectation. I mean, yeah, like, one time, I think it was only I, only two times. There's this one person I was, I was coming out of the store and they were wearing a Juventus top. That was one exception. And then the only other time I saw somebody wearing a Syria kit is where one of my brothers in Christ at my ch the church I attend was also wearing his Inter Milan kit. So I found another Inter supporter fam. <laughs> nice. But yeah, it's very rare to find those Syria lovers here in the States too. So it's like, but Elliot did give a lot of good insight onto why he thought he thinks the league is not getting the recognition it deserves. Now, and this is going to be a hard question for you, Elliot. Would a Lazio title win be healthy for Serie A? Mm -hmm. Explain. Yes. Um, anyone but Juventus, because the whole the other thing is, and I'm not trying to pick on the Premier League here, but La Liga and Bundesliga fans understand that Juventus isn't just showing up and winning it because of Juventus. It's a close race most times. The Premier League, a lot of Premier League fans, and I'm, I don't mean to single them out, and I, I don't mean to be disrespectful by this, but a lot of them just, a lot of them have a misconception and they feel that uh, Juventus is just walking the league. Like there's, there, there's no pushback. 
when every year the Champions League race is probably the tightest in Europe for the last at least two or three years. Um, and I think that's a big misconception. But but actually, you know, winning another another title win for anybody beside Juventus will be good because then people will start paying attention more. And they'll, they'll actually now understand that it's never a walk in the park, which I think a lot of people have tried to make that argument just isn't true. And even, even last season when Juventus just walked it, it wasn't because Juventus was that much better. It was because they came into a time where all the surrounding teams were having issues. You look at Inter Milan, they had the Icardi Wanda thing situation. Everyone was fighting with everyone. Uh, Napoli had just come with a new coach. They, they started okay, but then they lost confidence. They, the second game of the season, they lost by five goals. Roma was going through a disastrous situation with management and the sporting director. AC Milan has continued to be a disaster. So every team that could have potentially pushed Juventus was going through horrific things all at once, while Juventus had no drama or little to no drama other than Allegri being there. Um, so I think that a, a, a title win for anyone whether it's Lazio, Roma, Inter, Milan, doesn't matter. A win for somebody else would 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 basically put to bed all the lies that ha- that people have been all told right, very about, good. Um, um, about the league. So I'm gonna start with uh, I got at least three or four more questions before we wrap up. If that's all right. So the first question I have, and this one's for Danielle. Right. Yeah, I know you're like talking about your rivals. What? And I may, and I don't care if I get flagged for this, but I, I firmly believe at one point AC Milan was the biggest club in football, maybe even in history. So what would it take for them to get back to that level? Yeah, I agree. Ooh, oh, oh. Hey, hang on, let me take a minute to get over this burn. Right, ow. Okay, I'm over it. Um, basically, this season has been a struggle for Milan in general. Um, I don't know if it's injuries, um, management, but like years ago, they were one of the best teams in the league. And just to see them fall from grace is just mind-blowing. To get back to that point, I really have no answer besides maybe just altering players and maybe – seeing what if there's something going on within the management staff and the players, like if there's feuds in the locker room or something like that, I don't know what the case is, but who knows? All right, Elliot, and am I too far off with saying that AC Milan used to be the biggest club in the world? And how did they get back to that point? Because there's – Yes, they were. For oh, – all right, I got you. Uh, Daniel might not have, know the entire backstory. Um, I think she did a good job with answering that, but uh, here's, here's what I think. Um, Ace Milan had three separate dynasties, Angelotti, Sachi, and Capella. Capello. Yeah. Um, so those three, no, I, don't, I can't think of another, uh, I can't think of another team that has had uh, these d- dynasties in, in so many different eras. And then you could argue a first one. There was another one in the, in the early parts of AC Milan uh, that also happened. I can't think they're, uh, I think they're the biggest club in it in, 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 um, in Italy. Um, I really do. Um, I don't, it's, it's tough between them and, and Juventus. Juventus is probably by most by most people's opinions, the biggest club in Italy. I kind of believe AC Milan is because they've done it in the Champions League and the league, and they've they're one of the they're one of only a few teams to have won the league five years or four years in a row. Um, they they used to, and here's the real problem: the, the players they used to get are like Kaka, Ronaldo, Van Basten, Seedorf, um, Pilro, all these top class players. Now they're signing 38-year-old Zlatan Ibrahimovic. I mean, let's be real. Did anyone think that Zlatan was going to come in there and just be the greatest thing they've ever had? Like, I understand the leadership perspective, but they're paying him like a star, and he's not one. He's got a few goals this season. Fair enough. He's, He's doing a good job, but it's not a great signing. Regardless of what anybody says about Zlatan, he's not at that level anymore. 
He was scoring 30 goals against MLS defense. I, I hate to break it to you. Syria has the best defense as a league. It's the best defensively. It's not defensively, but they had the best defense out of anyone collectively. Maybe not by individual players, but collectively. He wasn't going to score 30 goals against these defenses. Even if you catch him on a bad day, it's all it's still struggling. And then they, they sign players. They sign good players, but it's just it's I think it has to do with the way they rotate him as well. Because um Raphael Liao is was their best signing this season, and he's on the bench because they're starting Zlatan Ibrahimovic over a 20-year-old sensation. And then in the and then we look in the archives uh with all the management stuff that's being fired, people leaving, um, buying players that they shouldn't be buying. They need to start spending wisely and just do what the other clubs have done to get to this level. Go after Jermaine Boga and people like that. Maybe not the highest level. They wouldn't have to pay a fortune. Um, I don't think he's leaving, but players like that, players, young talents who really, really have what it takes to play at that level. Not, you know, going after somebody signing Christoph Pionta, who was great last season, and then giving giving up on him after six months this, this following season. And then having Patrick Cortone, a Milan-born kid who was doing great for AC Milan, sell him to the Premier League, and he's back in Italy playing for somebody else. It's, it's just like these are the sort of dumb moves that they're making, and I hate to do this. Um, Paolo Maldini is what Michael Jordan is, from a management perspective, he is one of the worst <laughs> front sorry. office people I have ever seen. He's I'm sorry, so that's just bad. awesome because you're you're right. And what little thing you follow, Syria, these moves don't make sense. I thought I I remember, and I'll let you continue. I remember when you texted me the days last had side. I went back and I said, "You're taking the piss, right?" And you sent me the article. And I'm like, "Surely you can't be serious." You had to send me two articles before I fully believed it. Think <laughs> about that. That's how bad of a move they made. They, you know the funny thing is? I know, but he's, he's like the, one of the highest paid players not, on the entire team. It's not. He's got four. PSG's Latin that you're even getting. It's old man's Latin. <laughs> no. You're not. Ryan, Ryan, they're not even getting Mal yeah. no L- Zlatan, the one before the star arrived. Even signing him, that guy would have been crazy. But to sign Zlatan, LA Galaxy Zlatan, the one who – I don't know, man. It's just – it just blows my mind. Um, I will say this, though. Um, it's and The management is the biggest problem. They don't have a real coach. Um, Stefano Pioli <laughs> – has almost as many losses as wins. They this and this is this is the big problem. Um, Maldini is firing people with like immediately. They signed they signed that Sampdoria manager who did really great with them. He got fired after like eight games. You got to give some of them a little bit more time. They brought in Pioli. I don't think he's going to be there for a long time. Um, they need a top class manager, and it's going to be hard for them to get one. The best they could probably Arson get Benga? is, I don't know. I was, I was, <laughs> maybe if he would do it, that would be a good one. Um, I, I like, I like um, the Sassuolo coach, um, uh, Roberto Di Zerbi. He's a he's a guy who could who could turn that around. Um, but the the point is they don't they don't have the managers and they're not giving the team enough chances. They're having to buy players who aren't good. Um, I mean, I could spend 20 minutes um, signing all the, the, you know, talking about all the signings they've made. There was a year they, they spent $120 million on, on like six or seven players, um, and some of them didn't make any sense. It, um, it was like I – I, I don't remember all the names, but it was just like they wasted $200 million on nothing, and they finished like seventh that season. They didn't even make the Champions League after spending that money. Uh, but my, my thing is Maldini is the problem. You have to get him out of there. What does he know, honestly? As a player, fair enough. But as a management perspective, he doesn't – there's nothing that he provides for AC Milan that's helping them in any way. He's making poor personnel decisions. Um, although I would say this is the light at the end of the tunnel. If they can keep Antoine Rebic, 
Um, those of you who don't know, he was one of the, the stars of the World Cup uh, for Croatia. Good player. Really good players. Before the season got stopped, he was on fire. He was scoring. I think he has like five or six goals facing the line. You got you got to find a way to, to, to make that deal permanent. That's You start there. You give Rafael Liao a chance as a starter. Play the two of them together and then work on the midfields. And unfortunately, I think Donnarumma has to be expended because he's in a point where he's one of the best 10 to 12 goalkeepers in the world. Everything for that club, um, I think you have to sell him to which Donnarumma though that it's going to take to rebuild the midfield. Which the one? Because is, isn't there two of them? What's that? Donnarumma. To what? Oh, <laughs> the main one, not Alfredo or whatever his name. Yeah, his I'm like which one? Because I know there's two of them. Um, I'm talking about um, Gigi. I'm talking about G, uh, G, uh, Gigi Donnarumma, the expensive one, the one that would, could get you 60, 70 million. There is a good goalkeeper in the academy right now that they could they could put in um, in that in that system in in goal and because goalkeepers are important, but if, if you have a half decent one, I think it's okay. Just fix. And I agree with that because Man City won a Premier League title and Joe Hart is their keeper. Uh, yeah. Exactly. Donnarumma's quality. And people will pay big bucks for him. Um, but the midfield is, is uh, it's just not good enough. Um, and then the defense is not great. So they need to fix that too. So they need to fix the midfield and defense. But I would, if I was an AC Milan um, consultant, I would beg them, keep Rebic and, get and, that and metal play out together. Get the Metalsim uh, Maldini out of there. Because um, they... Yes. I mean, I, I respect him. I think he's probably the greatest Italian player ever. If you just look at all, all together as like a whole career, but Fair. he's not doing the job, get someone who will do it. Um, the problem is I'm not, I don't know who they would get, but him being gone is better than him being there. Um, so what, I don't know. It's, it's just a, it's a big mess and eventually they'll get over this, but they're just a mess right now, and, and uh, I hope it's good for Italian football when they're good. Inter's great. AC Milan, if, when they're great, and if, when both teams are good at the same time, that's why Italian football was so captivating in the early 90s, because those two teams were unbelievable. We need to, they need to start to make those steps to get there. This, I'll, I'll, this, I'll say, this is the last thing I'll say about AC Milan. Let's just, let's just pay attention to what, to what Rome is doing. What, what Roma Roma had the Toti De Rossi, even though they were much less successful. Since that happened, what have they done? They brought in young talent: Justin Clivert, Nicola Zaniolo, um, Ryan Cristante, Lorenzo Pellegrini, a bunch of young guys, Carlos Perez, just a bunch of really young talent. They're not ready to go to the league. They took a step back to take steps forward. They got the right coach. Everything is sort of set for them to compete in the next two to three years. Not now, but they're, they're, they're making the groundwork. AC Milan is not letting their talent stay. And the young talent is what's going to take them forward. They have to take a step back. They'll finish 12th, 13th one year. And then the talent is going to improve and get better. And then once they have that sort of foundation, they'll start to win again. And until they do that, I don't think there's a way. There, there's, there's two ways to build, rebuild the team the Milan way and the Roma way. Neither team have won recently, but you can see progression with Roma where Milan. All right, ladies and gentlemen. Well, I think that just about wraps it up tonight, but before we do go, and by the way, I just want to say, I think this was our best episode. But before I go, (laughs) um, I'm going to end it. We're not going to do a donkey of the week or anything right now. We got our regular episode coming out with our guest Cheyenne. This Saturday, don't forget to listen. Um, before we go, give me your top four, and then we'll sign off. That's going to finish the top four this year. In order. And I'll start with you, Daniel. Juventus, Lazio, Inter, Atlanta. All right. Elliot? 
Um, um, La Juventus, Lazio. I really want to. All right, to, well, to very good. Reaction, that I was well done tonight, that. guys. Um, once again, this is Ryan signing off for Danielle and Elliot. Um, thanks for listening. Uh, keep following us. Follow us on um, Facebook and Instagram, and uh, at Cannon Snakes and Olympi- Olympico. And uh, have a great evening, and and hopefully, y'all listen on Saturday. Bye.